0: Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week, it's Dead End Road.
1: Hello. He blinked. He blinked when he said hello we got a staring contest over here at As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio. His name is David Anthony. My name is Timothy Dowling Crisp. And welcome to our podcast. It's called As You Were, and it's about Alkaline Trio, uh, which is why we actually named it As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline mm-hmm. Trio.
0: That makes sense. A logical thing we did there.
1: Totally makes sense. Would like to wish everybody a happy uh, 4th of July. That happened. Mm-hmm. Even though it hasn't really happened yet. Yes, true. Something that also hasn't happened yet, but by the time... Well, it still hasn't happened yet. It's happening tomorrow when you hear this. Oh, David's like, hmm, Yeah, I'm trying to what's think what's thing? happening. Listen up, y'all. I got an announcement to make for this program. I've been working for the past two years on a tribute compilation to Wilco's Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. It's called All of God's Money. It features covers from the likes of Laura Stevenson, Rat Boys, Meat Wave. Some of the best goddamn bands in the goddamn world are on this compilation. And it is going live tomorrow at the better yet bandcamp better yet podcast.bandcamp.com it's five dollars or more for whatever a you want to pay and it goes to the aids foundation of chicago wonderful charity that helps to service the folks that live in our city with hiv and aids i've been working on this thing for almost two years mm-hmm. it's finally out i'm so excited congratulations thank you so much It came together. It sounds so good. And now listen, because I know that what we're talking about right now, there's not much of a cross section between Wilco fans and Alkaline Trio fans. Probably true. Maybe there's a percentage of you out there who like both. You're like me. You're like David. Uh And that's great. But if you're someone who says, I don't really like Wilco, let me tell you, we got some stuff that's in there catered specifically to you. You hear that Meatwave cover, mm-hmm. you're going to be like, oh, hell, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, even that Laura Stevenson cover, which you uh, Stereo Gum premiered a few weeks ago. Available online now. Incredible. Uh, so, yeah, I think Wilco is a band that took me a long time to come around on for weird reasons. Reasons that I, as a, I've been a fan of
1: the band since, I mean, I grew up with them, but... Anybody who's got an opinion on Wilco that's based off of the last 15 years of them being a band,
0: I totally understand it. See, mine was the opposite though. Oh. M- my mom was an Uncle Tupelo fan uh-huh. and she picked Sunvolt. Yes. In the split. So I grew up on Sunvolt. Interesting.
1: And that's probably the correct pick for Trace the first Sunvolt yes. album compared to Wilco's AM, but But then time, after that it, After it, yeah. that it's all it's all the Tweedster. So, um, yeah, check that comp out, betteryetpodcast.bandcamp.com, $5 or more. It's going to a good cause. You're going to find a lot of stuff in there that you like no matter your preferences. But one preference we can be sure of is the fact that if you're listening to this podcast, you either are a big personal fan of mine or David's. Uh Or you like the Alkaline Trio and you probably have an opinion about this song, which was selected by our Patreon, patreon.com slash as you were. I'm on fire.
0: Yeah, you're really killing these promos right here, my friend.
1: Patreon, of course, is a lovely way for people to help us support the show mm-hmm. and to and to you know be able to keep the light on. Uh, There's be. one light in the show. There's yes. one light. No fan. Just like the Wilco song, which is not on Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Right? Mm-hmm. I gotta I gotta calm down a little bit. But Patreon, it's a it's a way to help us support the show. We just uh, we just renewed another year on the website yep. that serves to host this program. And we couldn't have done it. Well, we could have done it out of pocket, but it would have sucked.
0: Yeah, it would have been expensive.
1: So what you do is you go on over to Patreon and then you pledge a monthly amount. And if you pledge, you know, an increment of $5 or more per month, you have the opportunity to vote on some of the songs that we talk
0: about, such as this one. I do have to say... This was a poll that I was very excited about because there were a couple options I really wanted to talk about. Uh, those did not come up, so you know, hopefully next time we can talk about the Muppets cover.
1: Yes, I would love to talk about the Muppets cover. I know that you really want to talk about that. No means no cover. Yeah, I love that band. Never does well in the poll. Nor no, it's does, never. No. Nor does my uh, my pick, which is Heaven, the psychedelic furs cover. One of my favorite songs of all time. Great
0: song. Great band.
1: But we got got a song called Dead End Road. Comes from the From Here to Infirmary era. Yes. But it's available on Remains, which of Mm -hmm. course is a compilation of spare tracks, splits, B-sides, or in this case... A compilation. This Mm -hmm. comes from the compilation Living Tomorrow Today, a benefit for Thai Canberra, which was put out by Asian Man Records in June of 2001.
0: Yeah. Um, I kind of always forget about that comp. Just because I remember like hearing the song, and I don't think I ever owned it, which yeah. is sad because it was a benefit comp. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was very people should
1: always get in on benefit. I comps. agree.
0: Um, learn from my mistakes and my errors of my youth. Um, to you know, in the words of Matt but blame it on my youth. Uh, anyway, this is a weird one. Both on remains, and both kind of on that comp and that like. It's a song that, in theory, if you described to me this song, described what it was about, what type of Alkaline Trio song it is, I'd be like, wow, I, I'm probably going to love it. Funny you should say that because
1: my experience with this song, you want to talk about dating yourself. I remember being on AIM, mm. AOL, Instant Messenger. Talking to my cool older friend James, who I don't talk to anymore. He is a he's deep in conspiracy theory holes.
0: Oh boy. I look at that Facebook every nine months just to see where he's at. Ooh. Here's the thing. Conspiracy theories used to be safe and fun. Yes. And then all of a sudden God <laughs> like, here it's just like, oh, if you believe in conspiracy theories, like you genuinely believe in like chemtrails and are deeply right wing and think there's like false flag attacks happening in schools. You're an odd man. Yeah. Or you're always this like
1: weird, like yeah, always a man for sure. Uh, unless you're on the anti vaccination side. Yeah. No, which that's is a true. totally interesting one.
0: I once sat across from Jenny McCarthy in an airport. Go on. Really?
1: <laughs> um, I have a great alkaline trio related story that involves someone at an airport that we will get to at a later date. Sounds good. I, um, yeah i I have a I love the Jfk assassination oh, conspiracy it's one of the so best so fascinating to me and I feel like i I love it in the way that I love like film you know like sure, like a piece yeah. of art I it's get also, something out of that
0: I get something out of that I've always enjoyed the moon landing one because it's just so goofy yeah and there's like and both of those two are in a similar time period where I think there's a lot of like People being like, "Look at the footage," and uh, you know, but it's just they—they they feel kind of harmless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ultimately, it comes from loving
1: unsolved mysteries. And yeah, things yeah, like yeah.
0: That. and and I think if you have that in you, that's fine and cool. Probably you healthy. Know? I would probably say. healthy. Like, oh, uh, you have to have a level of skepticism, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I think there is that inherent maybe distrust of government at that time. Yeah, which I think is not unfounded, but in the present. When you're like nine eleven didn't happen, it's like okay, yeah. Uh yeah. Tell me about
1: Building Seven. Yeah, it's just cool. like when
0: we get into that realm, it's a little like oh, you are detached from humanity and reality. I don't know what how we got here.
1: Well, we were talking about James and he was cool. And yes, he, correct. He,
0: uh, he
1: was in a band and his band covered Stupid Kid at the talent show when I was a freshman so I'm like, oh this guy, this guy gets it. Um he had this song in his aim profile, mm. which I'm certain was black background, sure. Red text. Had to be. And I looked at that, I read the lyrics and I'm like, this is amazing. Like what is this? And mm-hmm. he's like, he's like Dead End Road by Trio. And I'm like oh my god, I've never heard that song before. And I can't remember where I found it next because yeah. it's not like I clicked on Spotify and turned it on. I didn't no, have yeah. any like means of doing it at that point. So I can't remember when I actually heard it for the first time, but I remember being mesmerized by the lyrics, convinced that it was one of the best Alkaline Trio songs. And then I heard it
0: and... Hmm yeah yeah. I feel very similarly. like it's we had a long conversation about how great your dead is and how much that song means to me. and on paper, this song should be an equivalent to that. yeah uh, I do think lyrically it's there's a lot going on, um, but I really like it. but in practice, the song is very messy. Matt's trying like four or five different vocal deliveries here, uh, trying to figure out how to best articulate this material. And it's about as straightforward as uh, of like just kind of a pop punk, skate punky type of song that they had really written up to that point. Um, Yeah, it's odd.
1: It's interesting to look at it and to think about how dark that initial chord progression is in the intro because, honestly, it reminds me of Week Week, like the no, totally. very beginning of this band. But we have moved in a, in a spot to where, you know, this comes in the infirmary era time, mm-hmm. and the voice thing is really, like, interesting on this one, because I feel like his voice does have significant changes especially on Infirmary there are yes. a few different delivery styles that are mm-hmm. on that record but each one is honed in at least with the track that he's well, singing on
0: Yeah I mean I don't think you would say that like Trucks and Trains and Private Eye and Armageddon are all the same dude coming from the same place Right Um this one is just a real hodgepodge it feels like it was recorded in like three different parts of a year. You know, like he he I I hear a little bit of the fucking destroyed voice that you hear on Good Morning mm-hmm. in parts of it. Um which I don't think is in which is clearly intentional but not caused by the same thing because it's two years prior. Sure. Um there's that weird bridge where he's doing that like kind of quiet deeper like creepier like I found you there in bed. Yeah. And which I love, I think is awesome. Probably one of my favorite parts of the song because it's the only part that really delivers on the darkness and creepiness of those intro chords and like that progression. But I feel like the verse is pretty cool. It's kind of weird how it you start with this really dark riff and then it comes into this kind of like poppy up tempo like, like this holding out note thing. Yeah. Um, whatever. This song's chorus is the far and away the weakest part of it.
1: Well, yeah, and b- before getting into that, I think that what sets up the flaws in the chorus are the fact that you have these couplets at the end of every part of the verse, which, mm-hmm. you know, when you said you couldn't breathe, you said you couldn't breathe, which is a really nice device yes. that he never used before. Yeah. And those each provide a really nice hook, and then when you get into that chorus... It just gets lost so quickly.
0: Yep. Yep. I think that's that's one of the interesting things is that, like, to me, what he's writing about is clearly, like, a very intense and, like, personal thing. And I think he's very good at that, looking at the lives of his friends, the people around him, and, and kind of internalizing that. And I think it's always really, I don't know, it always really stuck out to me when he does that kind of thing of, like, you know... At the age of eight years old, you were only eight years old. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's so simple, but it, it it feels very humanizing. It doesn't feel like this cheap. Like, oh, I need more lyrics, and I'm not gonna write any. You know, it's Absolutely. It, it, it builds this really interesting perspective between like that person's experience and then like analyzing it as a third party. Yeah, which I think is very interesting and not something he. Really does a lot of until the following record, mm-hmm. um, you know. I I think you see it on songs like "Trouble Breathing," but he's still so first person on it. And then I think you see on songs like "Continental" or "All on Black," where he's kind of removed.
1: Yeah, the power of of "Continental," as we discussed, is the fact that Matt is seeing something that is so scary to yes. him and. From the perspective of the person that he's with, it won't take long. Yeah. But just wait in the car. It's yep. that's such a juxtaposition that it, it it's really, really a powerful thing to see. And yeah, dude you, you were only eight years old, like that shit hits and that hits really, really hard. hmm
0: Yeah. And and I think that's something that he does very well here. I think lyrically the song is really, really strong. And I think there's just something that has always felt disconnected about it. it. It feels like unlike so much of remains where I listen to a lot of the songs in the first like nine or ten tracks on it and I'm like, wow, how did these not make an album? This is one where it makes more sense to me.
1: It comes out of a really prolific time as well but well let's uh before we move on from the chorus, I think, it's it's interesting cuz what popped into my head when I was thinking about this song a couple times is I I think that Lucinda Williams is such a great example of someone who can repeat a line sure throughout the verse and you, you look at a song I drove my car through the middle of the night I just want to see so bad the Road was dark, but the stars were bright. I just wanna see you so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The chorus of that song. I just wanna see you so bad. I just wanna see you so bad. She has made a fucking living yeah. out of doing that. And when I see him using the repetitions that he does in the verses, not to say that he should just have a chorus that says you were only eight years old three yeah, times yeah, and yeah, they were yeah. out, but that repetition is so built in. That when you jam so many words into that chorus, especially the fact that, you know, the first half of it, it's pretty, pretty good. It's pretty solid forever. Ain't that long when it's stuck in your head like a pop song. But the second half of it, it's just like, dude, I come back.
0: Yeah. I lost well, I think that's the problem with the chorus is I like the beginning there mm-hmm. and I like the end of like the for way too long now. I think that's an interesting concept that leans on what he's established in the verses the connection between A and B isn't really there. Yeah. You know, it's this kind of like dirty has gone and swept for way too long now. It's like
1: ah You can see you can see that this is a song that maybe felt solid enough in the parts where it is solid that we agree that it's solid that the other parts maybe you're thinking like It's okay. It's okay. Like everything was so good before it that like we don't we're you kind of lose your objectivity towards all of it.
0: Yeah, and I think part of it is because, to your point, the way that chorus is kind of structured, where they just kind of slide into it from the verse. There's not really a transition, which can work. I don't think works here. It doesn't feel different enough. It just feels like we're in this very long part, Mm -hmm. um, of just kind of like you know fast punk drumming. And then the end of the chorus transitions back to that like, you know, weird chord thing that opens the song which I really like but doesn't really make sense. But yeah. then it comes back into the verse which I like again. So it's like it's this weird song that's just weird peaks and valleys for me. Mm-hmm. You know, as I, as I alluded to earlier, I also really like the transition in the bridge and I think that's an extension of what they're doing in the verses of like all right, we're gonna break it down a little bit. Like, just have like the drums going with the toms, Matt kind of singing, ring outs a little bit. Very, very cool. Um, but still, it doesn't really like come back out of it well. Yeah, it kind of stumbles back into the momentum it needs to gain. So it's, I, I feel like I keep saying like it's not a bad song, but it is a song that it's just really hard to kind of understand when you're trying to map it out. Yeah. You know, it, it has that kind of traditional pop song structure, but the the pieces don't really adhere because they're trying to throw so many like wrenches in in certain parts that taken as a whole, it's just kind of all over the place. And it's a little scattershot. Um it's a song that when I hear it randomly, I'm not like, "Oh, this sucks, skip it." But I'm never like, "Whoa, this song's the best." Yeah. Yeah,
1: and and going to your to your point about how productive this band was mm-hmm. at that time and when we talked about hell yes just coming out of that time a song that just seems to fall out of thin air into his lap boom boom 15 minutes and it might as well done. be it's one part yeah
0: you know and i think that's the thing is one of the things that we gloss over a lot is so the band starts in 96 but really their era of being this prolific is what starting in 98 with mm-hmm uh free lungs only god damn it and then we're in 2001 now they've put out three full-length albums eps there's a collection record you know like they have done a lot in a short amount of time and it's all of a very high quality so like even the bum tracks from this era i don't really look at negatively
1: yeah absolutely not because
0: they're still pretty inspired you know and maybe this was like We've got the seeds of this, we got asked to do this comp. Let's just kinda get it done. And that's yeah. that's fine. Or
1: or it's they make they record fourteen tracks from Infirmary yeah. and Mike's got a comp that's coming out and look, we got half of these are unreleased songs anyway, so let's just put our own unreleased track up there.
0: Well, and it's yeah. Um Go ahead. There's something I wanna fact track real quick. This will be relevant. No, you're good. You're good. But yeah, w- another interesting part of this is that when a few weeks ago we were talking about my standard break from life, um, we got hit up on on Twitter by someone from the UK being like, Oh, to me, that song never felt disconnected from Infirmary because that was a bonus track on the UK release. Yes. Similarly, Dead Road follows Blue in the Face on the UK release of Good Morning. Uh Uh-huh. As does Old School Reasons. Uh Uh-huh. Two songs that like do not make sense on an album yeah to me at all
1: it's so funny to consider that because i feel like dead end road it's it's interesting that it comes out with good morning because to me this feels so much like an infirmary track i mean it very much does
0: yeah you know like i i think t- if you were to just play this for me and we're like what era of this band would this come from i would say infirmary for sure mm-hmm. i think there's little things i hear in it where i see him like like that bridge i feel as a test run of a all on black type thing. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like it's him trying to figure out all right, I want to do these type of vocal deliveries. I want to do these parts where we maybe deviate in this way. So I see him starting to play around with what we're going to see next. But by and large, this is if this was track nine on From Here to Infirmary, I would not have been shocked.
1: Yeah. And I feel like if this was track nine on Good Morning, aside from the vocals it would make sense there as well yeah um it, it, it is interesting to consider the way that you've kind of put it into terms of a transition track because you look at the storytelling that's happening here you look at mr chainsaw and then you look at continental yeah and you have two songs that tell the story and and one is like really light and trying to be a little too clever maybe for its own good, but it tells a long narrative story. And Continental doesn't make things explicit in the same ways that Mr. Chainsaw does. It just really relies on these stark moments where he's able to just hone in on a thing and explain a lot with very few words. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of, I guess, with those two in mind, a pretty interesting spot to look at where he has a very, very strong sense of what he wants to do here and the fact that this story unfolds over time and he finds his points of focus and he doesn't have to make them clever like he did. He makes them pretty fucking dark
0: yeah. yeah, also.
1: But it, it is kind of a cool thing to be able to see the... The progress that somebody goes through as a writer and developing a voice because you don't get to a point where you're doing something like Continental, which is so well-constructed and so well-told and done with just a masterful sense of story and detail. And this is a cool little thing that's just... I guess in if not for things like compilations and and B-side collections yeah. and things like that might just be kind of left to you know only only a few ears having been able to heard it.
0: Yeah, and I think looking at comp stuff having been able to hear it. Heard it I mean, <laughs> looking at comp stuff like there is a little bit of like for me at that time, you know, buying comps with exclusive tracks, it was a little bit of like trying to figure out where I thought a band was going to go. Mm-hmm. And I think if I heard this, I'd be like, oh, okay. I see what we're maybe moving towards. And that's why, like, you know, you hear a song like Warbrain on the rock from Bushcamp, and you're like, oh, shit. And then you hear Crimson, and you're like, huh. You <laughs> know, but, like, obviously I love Crimson. But, like, right. you know, it, it does feel a little bit like, what? Whereas with Dead End Road, hearing it in that era... It didn't feel super disconnected, but it did feel a little different. And yeah. I, th- I think those things are obviously important. similarly, like you hearing like Jake John Greenbeers, that's not really representative of what it was kind of happening in that time either. Right. Or old school reasons. Yeah. So like there is a little bit of this exploration of like, all right, I want to do trouble breathing. I want to tell this story about the people I know who have had these fucked up situations or, you know, uh, fuck you Aurora or whatever. But I don't want it to be this four minute long, kind of slow, labored ballad. Like, how do I make it into something that is a gut level, like, you know, kind of ripper? And I think this song does achieve that. I don't think it's perfect by any means. But I think without it, you know, we don't really see the setup to where he's going to get in a year or two. Mm-hmm. And I think it's always cool to see those pieces. You know, it's what makes looking at a band with a long discography or when they release like demo versions or whatever, it's cool to see how they get from A to B. It's cool to see how they grow and develop and really find their ability to achieve what they're going for. And I think this is just one piece in that puzzle. What do you rate it? I give it three out of five.
1: I'm going three out of five too. Uh, Lyrically, very, very strong, Mm -hmm. you know, leaning into the, the high to mid fours, Musically, hit or miss. It's yeah. a song that um, I think it's not what I would consider uh, memorable from this time, but it's got its merits for sure. Absolutely. Um, hey, God, fun stuff, huh? Real fun. Um, we. I you, here, here's the thing. I get so much enjoyment out of talking to you. Likewise, friend. I, I, I have you have this way of putting. All of music into a perspective that I enjoy, and I feel like I have grown so much as a listener and as an appreciator of things by spending time with you, doing this thing, and we are so lucky to have each other, mm-hmm. and all of you out there uh, listening and giving us feedback, whether it's uh, whether it's good or not. All feedback is good.
0: I'm talking like in the positive, negative sort of sense.
1: We welcome all of it.
0: (laughs) We take all comers.
1: At As You Were Pod on Twitter. As You Were Podcast at gmail.com is a good way to get in touch. Or through our Patreon.
0: There's a messaging thing on there Uh that you can do. And you can make us talk about a song. Yes. Like they did this week.
1: Like they did this week. And they'll do it again in a few weeks. It'll be amazing. We invite you to go over there and check it out and invite you to subscribe, tell a friend about the show. Um, yeah, we will be back next week with another song. BetterYetPodcast.bandcamp.com for that Wilco comp.
0: Go buy it. Go buy it. Plain and simple. Help a good cause, listen to some cool songs. And if you've not liked Wilco, check out some Wilco. Yeah. There's some really cool stuff in there. We'll be back next week. Looking forward to it. Thanks both.